Hi, hi, ho, everybody. This is George Savadoss, and welcome back to another season of Float, Float Your Boat. And of course, I'm here with my wonderful sidekick, Brett Pattinson. Because I run the show here, don't I, Brett? Yeah, you do. Uh, yeah. Brett Pattinson, and of course, I'm George Savadoss. And welcome, welcome, welcome. We hope that. Uh, win, win, win. Win, win, win. We hope that we have uh, more listeners this time round for season five. And thank you to all the listeners have that have listened up to this point because yep. our numbers have grown yes. considerably. And George, I list, I uh, had a look at our analytics this morning. And what and, did you find? And, and we haven't had an episode for over two months mm-hmm. and yet there's thousands of people listening to all of our old episodes. So thank you for that. Wow. And where are they coming from, Brett? They come from, well, pretty well all over the world, but um, Australia, of course, number one, uh, the US number two, Japan number three, the UK number four, wow. Germany number five. Well, wow. we've got listeners in Brazil, um, South, all parts of South America, um, all over the place. So whilst we were off, off season, in the off season, we were busy preparing and laying the groundwork for our, a full season ahead. So we have some exciting people coming on. We have. But who do we have on today? Today we have two young chaps from a company called Spooked Kooks. Uh, that's Rupert and Tom, right? Rupert and Tom. Right. So what's unique about Spooked Kooks? They make surfboards, but surfboards with a difference. Uh, what difference would that be? Should we keep it secret and wait until we get them on and they can tell us? Yeah, okay. Let's, let's get them in so let's they can tell in. us. So here we go, George. Yeah, Season I'm, I'm, five, episode one. I'm excited. Rock and roll. Excited. Welcome to the Float Your Boat podcast about how everyday people created their road to success. The highs, the lows, pitfalls and potholes and how they overcame it all. And now, here are your hosts... Hello. <laughs> Whoa. So, so, welcome to Float so Your welcome, Boat. Welcome, welcome to our show, boys. Uh, who do we have on, Brett? We have Rupert. <laughs> Hi, everybody. <laughs> but you forgot Rupert's name. Yeah. I forgot both of their names for a minute. Yeah. I had and that Tim. mental black. And Tim? Tom. Tom. <laughs> oh, let's try that again. Let's okay. try that again. Let's try that again. <laughs> Go, George. <laughs> I hope uh, this gets left in. <laughs> <laughs> You've, uh, so welcome to our studio, boys, Rupert and Tom. Thanks for having us. I'm sure you. it's not Tim. No, it's and it, John. No, Tom the tool man. Tom. <laughs> Tom. And Tom. <laughs> Hi, Tom. Hi. Hi, Rupert. Hello. I'm the serious one. George is the idiot. No, well, yeah, <laughs> okay. well, we, Comedy we, share, we share that role, boys. We share that yeah. role. So, boys, we've, um, we've introduced you as the... Uh, Surfboard legends in the local area, but uh, you'd look too young to be legends. Um, yeah. How old are you, Rupert? 
I am 33. Jesus. Gee whiz. I only Gee. reached puberty about three years ago. I was going to say, you have three yeah. hairs on your chin. <laughs> Jesus, you don't <laughs> It look probably that took old. you six months to grow them, right? Yeah, that's right. Mm. Wow. Wow. Uh, and I think Tom... 32. 32. 32. Wow. Jesus, you guys look uh, really uh, prepubescent. You look, Are we, we recording you actually this? look healthy. Like, we wear a lot of zinc. Um, yeah, it's good. Yeah, you actually look healthy. look healthy. You look yeah. good. You Thank um, you. Drink and a lot of water, eat a lot of fruit and so, vegetables. So <laughs> we don't normally do like brands or business anymore, but... What strike, strikes me as unique about you guys is you do something with boards that is a little bit different than most, right? Mm. So but tell us about that. Well, we set out um, – We Rupert started the company about four years ago and um, about a year and a half ago we actually decided to incorporate recycled materials as much as we could. So oh, I'll let you, Rue, you talk about the, the early Yeah, well, that would be our um, main point of difference uh, would be the recycled plastic element. So, yeah, we, we, I started mucking around making um, soft top surfboards, uh, which um, for those that don't know, are a more sort of user-friendly, learner-friendly um, alternative to hard fiberglass surfboards. Uh, and a lot of the board is comprised of hard plastic, um, uh, high-density polyethylene. Uh, and so it seemed to us an obvious um, opportunity to try and integrate recycled plastic into the boards. Uh, and when we sort of initially looked at it, no one else was doing it. Um, so we jumped at the, at the opportunity, uh, but um, immediately ran into lots of challenges with um, firstly sourcing the plastic and then um, engineering the plastic into the mm. boards. Um, we thought it would take us about three months and it took us close to a year. So, of so of constant research <coughs> and testing. Yeah, well, we, um, so we uh, bought the plastic. We found some recycled plastic from a company called The Plastic Bank and they work with communities in um, developing nations that have no infrastructure to be able to deal with um, the plastic, m majority of it single-use plastic, um, and they pay those communities to be able to uh, collect uh, the trash, whether it's in streets, waterways, beaches, creeks, you know. Um, then they go and bring them to recycle stations and they recycle it into pellet form that they can then sell. And when you purchase that, you're, you're giving back to the community. So the community gets money and it creates a, a currency in plastic, which is the whole point, and reduces a uh, single-use plastic um, by replacing it with a second-use plastic. So we found this company, the Plastic Bank, we purchased it, we thought we were good. Yeah, we kind of um, sort of worked backwards. Yeah. We um, in invested in all of this plastic to begin with and then um, went about trying to find suppliers and engineers and, and, and other, you know, um, entities that were uh, willing to um, sort of work with our plastic, which wasn't easy. We went through Everyone several... said no. 
Yeah, because so a lot of the <laughs> a lot of the component parts um, <coughs> we injection mold, and uh, um, the recycled plastic is or was an unknown when it's com when compared to the virgin plastic. You know, it's um, it's been a lot of time in, in a catchment, so the, you know, in, on the street or in the waterways, on the beach or even at sea, and uh, so it's been exposed to the elements, um, might contain impurities. And uh, yeah, for those reasons, a lot of people just weren't willing to um, work with the plastic, put it through their machines. And even to do a test of something, you have to put it into like a million dollar machine. So we couldn't afford to like cover the cost if it broke the machine. But we had to find a way to be able to prove to everyone or to anyone that was going to use it that it wasn't going to break the machine. And this led us on like a, a year journey uh, where we made friends with people in the plastic community, mostly the, the melt flow plastic community, all over the world. Um, and they were incredibly um, helpful and um, giving with their time and their information. Uh, and we came up with a solution. And yeah, neither of us have back and forth much experience in, or any experience in engineering. I've got a little bit of experience in design, but not sort of plastic engineering. So... We were quite reliant on external expertise and, and we found yeah, um, people just were incredibly helpful and generous with their time. The cool the thing was that people working in, in, the, in the plastics industry that are making single-use plastic uh, are really keen to find second use for plastic. So they were – we would get a reply within 15 minutes despite the fact that it might be 2 a.m. Mm. You know, where these people were um, because they knew that we needed help urgently to be able to figure out basically the way to so in you know in in really simple terms virgin plastic brand new plastic single it's never been used before plastic uh melts in a very kind of particular way and you 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 basically know how it's going to go and everyone uses it so it's it's relatively simple you know you put it in you know where to cool it you know where to heat it um blah 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 that's not the case with recycled plastics. It may be because it has slight impurities or it may be because it's, um, you know, been used before in whatever way. But for whatever reason, it melts different every time. And, uh, well, I mean, presumably the machines should, in theory, handle that, right? But um, no? Yeah, so the, the way that we understand it, they have um, plastic will melt and cool uh, new plastic will melt and cool um, at, at quite a uniform rate. The plastic that we use um, melts and cools differently and uh, uh, that results in warping and deformation in the, in the component parts. So we went through um, a pretty protracted uh, series of prototypes and, and you know, prototyping process uh, to... Um, sort of overcome all of those challenges, and, and that involved adjusting the injection gates on the on the moulds that we were using. So, um, yeah, know, it's we, getting we, technical. But Aru, when he came over here, we, <laughs> I took him to his first AFL game, and um, it was supposed to be a really good night. You know, it's going to be fun, and uh, we just just we made the mistake kick of checking off, our email. Yeah, just <laughs> before kickoff, we got the email from the last manufacturer that we were trying really hard to get to use our plastic and they just said there's no way we're going to do it. Let's rewind a little bit. How did you get into making surfboards in the first place? 
Like what? How did it all? St- you know, like what? Why? Because you were surfers, or because? Yeah, I guess ultimately because we were surfers. Um, both grew up surfing together. Tom and I have been friends since we were eight. Um, seven. We, seven. Seven. I, w- I would have been eight. He, he's a year younger than me, so he was seven. Right. <laughs> so both um, in New Zealand. In New Zealand, yeah, at a beach on the the west coast of Auckland called Piha, yeah, uh, which is a pretty popular surf spot in Auckland. Uh, both of our parents uh, bought beach places, beach houses there, batches as we call them in NZ. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, how did we first meet? I think Tom. You had a swing at your I had house. A, I had the best swing in Piha at yeah. my my batch, and I wanted to go on the swing. Yeah, yeah. Fair enough. Yeah, I yes. did. Yeah. I remember him and his brother and his sister came running down. They told me to get off the swing. and well, I'm sure tense. they didn't say get off. They, like they tried to get me off the swing. Oh, they didn't say <coughs> pee off. But I checked it with my mom. <coughs> and my mom had okay me off. being on the swing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, yeah. It was we, tense, but we... We've moved on since wow, then. Wow, you've gone right back to when we were eight and they asked <laughs> no, that's how a, do we start no, making that's, No, that's okay actually. That, no, that's good. It's good to get the background. So but you didn't go to school together. We did Briefly, for a year. We did for a, for yeah, a time. Is that yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, we did for a year. Yeah. But I, I kind of – I grew up in, um, in Aussie and also in England um, and was born in NZ, so. So how did you guys meet up afterwards after you grew up? And well, we knew each other when we were eight. Then I went away to – I went to school here in Sydney and then I went to um, school in England and then I came back to New Zealand and went to the school, same school as Roo. Oh, and that's yeah. where you caught up again? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we, we spent summers and, and sort of school holidays um, in the intervening period together. But, um, yeah, and then Tom's family moved back to New Zealand for his final year of school and – and um, you sort of reconnected at school, um, and it was a. I went to a traditional boys' school back in New Zealand where rugby was really celebrated, and Tom's also obsessed with rugby. Wow! And I, it's a good sport. <laughs> and you're not. <laughs> well, uh, um, I think I've, I. I don't know what I played a couple of. Well, as I said, I didn't reach puberty until about three years ago. <laughs> that's so right. I was always too small. <laughs> but I see. That's why. That's why they banished you. Yeah, I think probably quite quite good <laughs> yeah, now. Yeah, you yeah, um, well, didn't fit the mould. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was good school. So while while you were playing rugby, you were surfing. Yeah, or yeah, you I was were doing surfing. other stuff. Yeah, right? um, I think I was like the only surfer at the school. Right, yeah. but you you surf as well, Tom. Right? Yeah, yeah, but yeah, you yeah, yeah. weren't really. Obsessed no, 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 we, with it. Uh, no, we were both. I mean, we both. We started bodyboarding at eight, mm, and then yeah, I remember right. when someone left a surfboard at um, one of the houses, and we were like, "Oh, should we do this?" And it was this mm. big summer decision, and we. I don't think we touched it all summer. We were kind of scared of the board. We were like, "Nah, we can't." We would have been about ten. Yeah, and then we did it, and it was no turning back. We never yeah, right. bodyboarded since, mm. and it was great. Mm. And now a word from our sponsors. Hi, it's Gino from Bondi Broker. In today's busy climate, we seem to be juggling more and more, neglecting our work-life balance and financial well-being. At Bondi Broker, we can at least help to improve part of that balance with a free financial health check, streamline your finances, assist in reducing your debt, and using competitive rates to improve your cash flow. Bondi Broker gets you in the best financial health so you can focus on what matters most. Visit our website for your free consultation at bondibroker.com.au. The surfing thing took me um, by surprise. Like I didn't even know that Rue was really doing it. And then when I looked into it a few years back, I, I loved what he was doing. And 
because he did have the design background, it was it kind of was falling into place really, really beautifully, and um, and we made a decision a year and a half ago to to basically he pulled out of law, <coughs> I reduced dramatically um, the other things I had going, and I and I and we focused on this, and we couldn't be happier. But it is just the beginning; it's just the early stages. So, well, you're used to not having. Any money, totally and not being paid. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, so I can live off. Not much has changed in that regard. <laughs> just, Sadly, <laughs> just swapped acting for surfboards. Yeah, yeah, we yeah, just yeah, have yeah. a lot of surfboards. George, he George, sold me George. a dream. It's not true. George, yeah. acting, small business, very similar. Oh, yeah, yeah, you're right. You're, you're absolutely right. So you're actually perfect for the job, for the yeah, yeah. for the role. Both of you, in fact. Um, yeah, I mean, you've you've gained some insights out of helping others with their yeah. with their startups. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you see the excitement mm. of people that come up with their dream mm. uh, and you've also seen the... Um, Which is soon knocked out of them after Yeah, you've also seen that part. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. I mean, it's a long... I mean, okay, so when you, when you were making boards in the beginning, mm-hmm. it wasn't with recycled plastic, right? No, so the, the first boards I made were uh, traditional fibreglass boards. I had a right. guy making a couple of... Um, just shapes for, for, for myself and friends yep. uh, and my mum's garden shed uh, and the, like big logs, big single fins and twin fin boards and, and other various shapes. Uh, and I started using this um, epoxy resin, which is uh, plant derived, it's called entropy bioresin. Um, and uh, I suppose that sort of got me thinking about how I could incorporate other um, more uh, sustainable al- alternative materials into the into the boards, um, but it was actually through trying to teach friends and, and 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 like girlfriends how to how to surf that the idea for making softboards crystallized. Because um, I think one of the things that puts people off surfing, or at least like learning how to surf, is the um, risk of injury and getting hit by a big fiberglass board is um, generally a lot less forgiving than, than a soft soft top. Mm. So it wasn't really until um, like I started sort of trying to teach friends how to surf that I'd considered soft tops. Um, and then and then of course um, had that sort of light bulb moment when I was like, well they're mainly made out of plastic. Um, surely there's, there's, there's an opportunity to, to incorporate some recycled plastic and um, so that's what yeah Tom and I have been been working on um, yeah for the last year and a half. Yeah, I mean you guys you guys searched the globe, right? Yeah. I mean obviously that was via the internet, but um, oh yeah, th- we went on some we went yeah. to some um, some places like physically to yeah, go right. and check out what the conditions were and what the um, the final products were of one of the one of the most difficult things. Um, for us was finding a supplier of recycled plastic mm. um, because it just I mean, we spent a lot of time researching and, and talking to experts and um, we thought we were going to need to uh, start recycling ourselves um, as opposed to finding a, a, a supplier and then we, we watched this documentary called The Plastic uh, the Plastic Ocean, which is on Netflix, mm. and it's a really depressing expose on on the, the the problem of ocean plastic. And most of the film, most of the doco is, um, you know, the, the big dire. ocean birds and turtles have been cut open and their stomachs 
being opened to reveal all of this plastic. So it's pretty depressing. And then they have this section at the end of the doco, which is um, a bit more uplifting, where they look at organisations that are doing things to try and um, help combat the problem. Uh, and one of those organisations was the Plastic Bank. And mm. so before the doco had finished, we were emailing um, the Plastic Bank. <coughs> as soon as uh, we realised, we, we spoke to them and they were like, look, you're not going to be able well, to do this. Uh, yeah, they so even the email said, came, you're not going to be able to do this. And they, they said, you don't, why uh, don't? <laughs> the email came from a, um, I mean, it was, you know, a Gmail account from Auckland. So I think we just got ignored initially yeah, for, yeah. <laughs> for a while. Um, when we spoke to them on the phone, he was like, Look, you you know you're doing what you're trying to do is a great thing, but it's probably not going to work. There's lots of impurity, you know. There's lots of difficulties with um, with the way this plastic works, and no one's managed to do it, so you may as well not. But why don't you buy the rights to offset the plastic? And we were like, what What does that mean? He was like, Yeah, so you give us the money that it would cost to get the plastic, but we don't send you the plastic, but you get to say that you've contributed to the thing. We were like. No, that's stupid. That's not going to work for us. Well, that's, <laughs> that's, see, that sounds like a good business model. That's right. But uh, look, in <coughs> saying that, um, they have been incredibly helpful and uh, stoked that we've managed to do it and now we're a proper partner. So, um, you know, you probably should edit that part <laughs> no. out where I call them stupid. No, they've, he, been, they, they've been nothing but supportive yeah. and... Um, it's a great thing. Like we did, we did what they said, what everyone said that we couldn't do. But it is still just the start. So, so in the end, mm. long story short, you found a way to do it. Yeah. Yes. Where? So, I mean, we've des we designed all of our tools down here um, between Auckland and Sydney. Our, our um, tooling there, we use split molds, mm -hmm. uh, and then um, we do all of our manufacturing um, up in China. Right. And we've. Tom and I go up to China regularly. So you made the moulds, <coughs> you ship the moulds over there, you buy the, you buy the recycled plastic from where? The, the, the plastic Philippines. comes from the Philippines. So the plastic yeah. bank have um, recycling centres in uh, Brazil, lots of, Haiti yeah, coastal and communities the Philippines. And, yeah. in yeah. the third world. Um, and uh, because those are like the, the biggest sources of ocean plastic are those developing nations. So it's where they predominantly ocean plastic. Yeah, well, yeah, look, yes. ocean plastic, like we don't want to get confused with the, um, with the guy who's doing the ocean cleanup and he's sending tugs out uh, uh, who have those huge big kind of beams yeah. and they collect um, plastic <clears throat> from the ocean plastic, um, what are they called? Uh, the um, gyres. Um, the huge kind of... Mm. Concentrate all the plastic. Con yeah, and they're concentrated by currents. Yeah. So that is... Officially ocean plastic. This is this is plastic that could have been in the ocean, it, but it's been collected on the beach. Right. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, it's yeah. difficult to sort of trace the <coughs> provenance yeah. so of the plastic. It, it, Nevertheless, it's, it's, it's a number it's of spruiser. different types of plastics all thrown in together. Exactly, yeah. it's anything that winds and that's up. That's your problem. That's get to, that gets discarded, and the, and these these countries it. don't have the infrastructure that yeah. we've got, so none of it ends up in landfill. So in the Philippines, for instance, anything that winds up. Um, all that's discarded and winds up in the in the catchment is eventually going to make its way down to the beach and then into the ocean and then, you know, from there, God knows where. And that reminds me of another thing that did kick us off apart from the documentary. Like a few things happened. We went um, to really like kick us into doing this is um, China in 2018 closed its doors to mm -hmm. accepting um, recycled waste from basically all of the Western world or all of the world. And it took the majority of the world by surprise. And what it did is reveal that 
the majority of the Western world has really poor recycling um, standards. And what they were doing is just shipping it off to and China. And shipping shit plastic that they couldn't totally. recycle anyway, right? Exactly. So now we're doing all this catch-up and it's um, really terrible. But there's a lot of landfills out there right now that are being filled with recycling depending on what your council is. Yeah. Which so is it, happening. It, it, it's, it, and that is, that's a tiny element of how serious the problem is. Like that's just a little tiny kind of yeah, it's, community it's, thing. If you, put, if you take that up to an industrial scale, it's really serious. The problem's monumental but, but you know, it'll take a, a shitload of people like you two to uh, chip away at it and hopefully, hopefully you know, that'll create a, a change. We, wanted um, to, we really wanted to create something that was um, fun um, and would um, bring light to a topic that's not exciting. It's not exciting to know that your planet is getting stuffed up. Um, but make it engaging, especially for younger people, to kind of be aware of it but not hit them on the head with it constantly. Um, there's a lot of great green companies out there that have done really fantastic stuff before us. Um, uh, but they've come at you really hard and that's fair and fine and we just wanted to come at it from a different angle. Right. Yeah. So what would I need? How do you measure someone up for, for a board then? It's usually it's a combination of, of a few different factors. Um, generally, you know, you're, we look, consider your experience. Uh, like zero. <laughs> okay, so <laughs> zero and your... Um, you know, a good shape. I like it already. I was going to say, an adult male yeah. in good shape who's had, who has no experience surfing. That was the you, best interpretation yeah. of my shape so, that I've um, heard in a long while. So you yeah. probably want uh, quite a bit of volume. Um, <laughs> just, it's going to make you're trying to make you're trying to have a dig at me. I think you're no, 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 no. You're, no. You're white challenge, man. It just you need an eight foot board. Um, it'd be how about, do you know it's an eight foot board for me? Like, how would you know that? Is it because so I'm, if you've had no experience, you'd want you'd you want, want a larger board for more yep. buoyancy, yep. so you can focus on the beginning things right um, at the it's start, easy, which is which is just jumping up and knowing how to ride a wave or getting that feeling of. Going along the wave, whether it's along the face or just even on the white water, yep. you need that balance and so a larger board will give you that and then you can progress down to a smaller board. People do do the opposite. Yeah, like right. I started on a short board when I was very young but learning on a short board when you're young is much easier than learning straight on a, you know, say a six foot or a five foot or whatever. You can, when you're, you're stronger, when you're, you can paddle easier. And you learn yeah, far. Yeah. Like things are changing quicker, you know, so. Uh, we, I mean, we, we've, we made... A whole lot of template boards. Yep. And again, that process was, which um, were hand glass, <coughs> which were hand shaped. Yeah, and we, we hand shaped those, uh, and then we made we created some molds, um, and uh, they when they come out of the the mold, they are finished by hand. Mm. Um, and then what maybe distinguishes our boards from other foamies is that we put on the longer boards we put a bamboo veneer around the EPS core, and then a um, a light glassing schedule around that, so there is essentially it's a it's a fiberglass board underneath a foamy soft a foamy's clothing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Rupert, you, you've done a fantastic job, but I, I'm I'm thinking, I mean, I know what it takes to like takes to start up a business, right? And you guys have a shop in Bondi. Mm. I mean, how did you manage the, the? I mean, did you get investors behind you? Is it is that the way it turned out? I mean, did you pitch the idea to? 
angel investors or um, big guys, yeah, fat cats? A, uh, a friend of ours that um, uh, we knew from a younger age as well, um, works in construction and he was uh, – we've all surfed together um, and we pitched the idea to him and he helped us get started. God love those love those mates. <laughs> yeah. everyone, everyone needs one of those. Yeah, yeah. so much better yes. than a bloody venture capital. Well, it's so much about. better than trying to get your cash flow to fund uh, research and yeah. and fuel growth because you're always robbing Peter to pay Paul, and yeah. you never and you never play catch up. He's been, he's been incredibly graceful and in letting entrusting in um, what we wanted to do right from the outset, and mm. um, yeah, still is so. I mean, the shop is the shop is a pop-up shop. The shop is not something that is. Um, we we don't know if it'll be a permanent thing. Mm-hmm. We actually would like it to become um, a kind of a sustainable hub, like a bit of a touch point for community to yep. come in and engage. And our boards can continue there, but uh, other aspects of stuff. So we work. We, we try to collaborate with other brands. Um, Salt Gypsy from Byron Bay. They make uh, swimwear out of recycled fishing net, which oh. is a huge issue in the sea as, along with the plastic. Um, then there's Indosol who you who make um, flip-flops or they're kind of more sandals out of... No, we call them thongs here, Thongs, mate. yeah, yeah, jandals. Jandals? <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> jandals. Um, yeah, they're made out of recycled tyres, which you is wear great. them with socks. You wear them with socks <laughs> and a bum pack. Um <laughs> <laughs> You're describing George on his three polos. <laughs> Apart from the goat, you've without got George a, in a, one. We had a shirt on and my thick gold chain around That's my. Great. Neck Avalon great. now, George is. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, well that's that's kind of the the where the shop will head. Maybe um, we'll continue, or we might be able to survive through to next summer, but we we, we don't know. Well. Um, I, at some point, you must have um, sat down in, in a in a little room with a you know a flip chart or a, a whiteboard and mapped out your vision. Mm-hmm. And uh, what's your five or ten year? What's your vision? What's your vision? Your and, big and big hairy ass goal. And ten years will be halfway through our twenty year plan. <laughs> <laughs> wow! Oh. Mathematically, Moving that makes, that makes a lot of sense. I asked him not to say that. Um, it's very funny. You're done now. Um, I think that's his one and only joke. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. that's and my yeah, one that scheduled good, that joke. It was well delivered. <laughs> and he worked on that before. Don't worry, he I'll put yeah. that in. <laughs> you must be a lawyer. How long is a piece of string? Oh, yeah. um, oh look, we um, we've had a great first response. Um, anyone who's had any questions, we've been, we, you know, our ethos is to be super transparent yep. and um, uh, accessible as as um, the company owners, and so we try to talk uh, to everyone who engages with us on the social platforms. And through that, we've created a great um, core kind of following, and we're starting yep. to reach out and do collaborations with other people, which is called other people and other companies, which is cool. The second year of business is is, is a hard year. Um, you got to find out how you can survive. All the all the excitement of spending the um, the startup money is is like now you've got to <laughs> knuckle down and and make and make sure that it, it works, it survives. And mm. so that will be our focus for this. Um, and we're certainly confident it's going to happen. Um, and then we'll look into other um, 
other markets internationally. We're in the UK at the moment and we've just sent a container to Europe. So Fantastic. Which is cool. Having been operating for six months, yeah. um, like actually selling after the relaunch, which started about a year and a half ago, um, that is cool. Um, you, yeah. No go, George? Yeah, I was going to say, do you have a um, like a, uh, a celebrity uh, surfer that actually is the f- – you know, they, they're on the front of the cover of your magazine, that kind of stuff, or your catalogue, is there, or is it you, Rupert? Uh, not really. I mean, we've got friends and, you know, and Tom and I feature a lot in our content. Well, that's always, <laughs> that's always good. It's very yeah. affordable. Yeah. yeah. No, I mean, we, we're not great surfers and we're not very photogenic either, so we're, we're, we're relying on, on the charity of our friends and other... We've been really to lucky get. to work with some, some amazing people. We, we had a guy come into the shop the other day and he said, um, yeah, good, yeah, good on you, but, you know, the world's fucked, so what's the point? <laughs> and I was kind of seething because I was like, yeah, it's attitudes like that. Well, I, su- I said to him, I said, do you mind me asking how old you are? And he's like, oh, I'm in my mid-60s. And I was like, "That's you, you have the privilege to be able to have that attitude because, what, you've got maybe 15, 20 years left. We don't have that privilege. And without getting like earnest or, um, you know, going too hard, it's you, what it, your choice is basically get stuck in, try and find a way yep. or hey, what? Rot away with that shitty attitude. Hey, so listen, George and I are... In our mid fifties, and we have an organisation called Clean Oceans. Yeah. Mm. So you know, how old is you know how long's a piece of string? I yeah. Guess. Yeah. And yeah, exactly. you're never too late to start. And it is it is it is it is the way you look at it. Mm. Yeah. And, and the, these kind of problems have only really entered the um, the mainstream sort of marketplace of ideas very recently. Exactly. And it's a it's so a new industry. It's a new, yeah, it's a new it's industry. A, it's, a, it's a very positive thing that China shut the gates on on accepting yeah, plastic. Because, exactly. Forces. Because yeah, everyone's it now forcing. It's, it's forcing change, yeah. which is great. And then yeah, and I think these these kinds of environmental problems are going to be solved through technology and innovation. I think and so. Businesses and 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 that lies an opportunity for. You know, yeah, I think so. And, sure. and, and Australia. And, yeah. Well, we are yeah. all about second use not using a single use plastic so we're trying to incorporate plastics that maybe had to be used yep. wherever mm. they may be from mm. and then we we are a secondary use um and it's fun yeah i think so, we're mm. like we're in favor of yeah turning the tap off mm. plastic totally. but then finding uses for the plastic yeah, waste well that, that's out there well in the ocean it. yeah i guess i was summarizing a very big no, no, picture, but, yeah, but, no, but basically, you know, if kids, it, it, it's apathy and convenience yes. that's caused the problem mm. in the first place. So if we don't, if we don't change that thinking, mm. it, we will have that same problem forever. Mm. Um, but there are people, for instance, somebody that we've just spoken to that has created a, mach- a machine that can turn any plastic into diesel fuel mm. wow. so there's people in this on the planet that are doing amazing things mm. yeah. just like you guys and and that's uh, and we that yeah you know that was part of the reason we thought we, well we sort of hoodwinked you into the podcast because we were going to talk about something else but it was a good that you know this to us is something that's worth worth talking about normally we don't promote any brands as such or promote business because it's more about the story cool and i think we got a lot of that in this 
interview. Well, uh, just a couple more questions. One, do you mm. have a like a return <coughs> policy on, on boards when people are, are done with them? What do you do? Mm. So, so we offer a 10% discount um, on your next board if you bring in your old board yep. and we will um, recycle as much of the board as we possibly can. And that, that is possible. That is recycle. possible locally. Yeah. Like we can't yep. control that overseas. Yep. Um, but and if you're close to where we are or if you wanted to ship the board to us, mm. we will do that. Okay. And the next question, uh, you know, one of those, those n- nights where you sat – one of those nights where you sat in a room – a very small room, you know, ha- kicking back a few beers. Or, oh, not you, a few cups of tea. Um, <laughs> Decaffeinated. And, and, yeah. and, throwing, and throwing names around. Yes. Yeah. How did you come up with, how did you come up with that name, Spooked Kooks? Uh, well, it's, um, we wanted a, we wanted a, uh, a name that uh, was a little bit, that would distinguish us from, from other brands. Um, I've done that. Yeah, and and the word kook, uh, that has historically been, um, uh, you know, word. used pejoratively in, in surf slang, and um, maybe you were called a kook when you ran into someone mm-hmm. at Bondi, you know, thirty years ago or whenever. No, was. I was called. <laughs> wor- I was called worse things. Worse than that. things than <laughs> that. All right. <laughs> well, um, so we thought it'd be uh, uh, um, interesting to try and um, reclaim that word and like. Put a positive spin on it. Yeah, yeah right. I mean, there's people remove every- some of the stigma from you know from learning how to surf and kind of celebrate learning how to surf. Because yeah. our best memories of surfing are when, when, you know when we, we were starting and yeah. catching our first waves. Mm. Uh, it was scary but exciting, and mm. so you're mm. you're a spooked kook. Yeah. And then yeah. there's also we um, the aesthetic is is horror kitsch, yeah. and, and so and it's with a and you being an IP lawyer checked checked all that out right from the start. Right? <laughs> yeah, we've got you know trademarks everywhere, <laughs> <laughs> trademarks up the wazoo. Yeah. You've done everything right. Can you still write contracts? Oh, George. Do you want me to? <laughs> off air, off air. <laughs> oh, so, I should take yeah, that yeah. off air. <laughs> so, 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 lads, um, thanks for coming in. Thanks for having uh, us. We usually finish, which I didn't get a chance to ask you, but we usually finish with a song. No. Yeah, sure. Is there a particular song that goes with you guys? We we have similar tastes in music, and yeah, yeah. and um, it's un- It's not like we're into some, some quite strange music. I mean, we we range from like Cat Stevens to yeah. that's not strange to Kimmit. Well, Wigwam. I want to live in a wigwam. That's a pretty strange <laughs> song. <laughs> Um, uh, it's a terrible Just song, but question, we love it. We love know, it. Look, uh, <laughs> to, to, to like to, to sort of like really obscure disco. So yeah, nah, we don't um, even. We just well, look. We like disco. Yeah. Okay. Pick a Sim- song. Seventy stuff. Can we do two songs? Sure. Um, maybe this is Cat, where maybe you... the Cat Stevens. I want to live in a wigwam. Yeah. And then Chemist. Um, she can't love you. Okay. Well, you work in a you work in a shop full of mirrors or something. I, you know, <laughs> really you know. I went to uh, I went to the doctors the other day and, and said, I, doc, I've got this really weird thing. I I, I think I'm either a TP or a wigwam. And he said, Sit down, you're too tense. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, mate. It was good. It was good. Yeah. I'll buy it. That was that was lads, solid. thanks yeah, for coming jokes. in. Yeah, thanks um, for having us. Good luck. Thanks, oh, so, thanks, Tom. So, it, so what's the uh, yeah, what, oh, actually, web website? Address. Web, web address, contact, how do we find you? www.spookedkooks.com um, is our website. We're also on Instagram as Spook Kooks. Yep. Uh, or we've got the pop-up shop on Shop 1, 1 to 7, Kerr Lewis Street in Bondi. Awesome. Oh, we, can we also just plug our, um, one of our partners, Grom Nation? Sure. Yep. See our girl, um, 
they are a charity uh, based in on Siago Island in the Philippines, yep. and they um, incentivize kids to attend classes uh, by providing them with access to surfboards and. And they're doing some really cool stuff. They're well, amazing stuff. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'll okay. tell you what. When we when we put the, this episode together, you can send it to them. Great. Great. You know, we will. Yeah. And uh, but uh, guys, um, offer, uh, and who mans the floor in the shop? Either uh, either one of us, or um, we work with another girl called Ash. All right. So, so she's in the shop. So for all our listeners, you either say hello, Rupert, Tom, or Ash. That's fantastic. Right. Yeah. Thanks for coming. Awesome. Great. Thanks, Felicia. Thank it's great, Thank great you. work. Seriously, yeah, keep up the work. Seriously, who yeah. would have thought a New Zealander could come up with an idea? Oi. <laughs> Oi. Oi. Oh, no, no, no. Actually, you still want those contracts? No, in actual fact, <laughs> shots fired. No, no, no. In actual fact, <laughs> actually, Kiwis are very quite. They're quite marketing. Yeah, high achievers. Give us back our horse. No. Give us back. <laughs> well, you know, we. Uh, <laughs> you can keep Russell though. <laughs> <laughs> We yeah, show Russell. Yeah. shades of his look, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. We, uh, younger, that's because we're all related. <laughs> oh, <come laughs> yeah. We just got <laughs> colour TV and ends it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs>